Hello, this is Lisa LaRose, and I'm joined by Michael J. Russ here on PRNFM on Connect to Love. And today we're going to tackle uh, something that I think is deep in the heart of each one of us. You know, all of us have dreams and ambitions. Some of us have a vehicle to get there. Some of us are not very clear about what vehicle we get into to sort of drive our own destiny. Uh, you know, some of us, you know, we have a, a roadmap to, to success that's sort of laid out by our parents. And, you know, you have these things that, you know, you need to go to college, you need to do this, and then you'll get the ticket you need to have your dreams come true. But for each one of us, your your ticket to ride to the success train is really individual. And what really you need to do first is to decide deep in your heart what is it that you want. And so it's a, it's a big topic, but we're excited to, uh, to venture into it. And I'd like to welcome Michael J. Russ, who um, founder of Life Moves Podcast and um, inventor of so many different things, including these amazing angel life journals that inspired this conversation about uh, knowing your dreams and daring to do something worthy. So Michael, welcome. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here as always. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, it's, it's interesting, the topic, which could probably take a lot longer than we have, uh, although my mission today, and in, 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 I know what it is yours too, is to give our listeners uh, some takeaways that they can apply to their own thought process and uh, their own journey. Uh, of success. And it's interesting because um, I'm just completing a, a journal about uh, my journal of success, uh, Angel Life Journal of Success, and I, I thought a lot about it. Uh, and the, the main, there are some misconceptions about success because a lot of people feel they're not worthy of success. And I, I have to simply tell you that in my own life, I didn't feel I was worthy of the kind of success that I have today 40 years ago. I was mm-hmm. not, and people would look at me now and go, what are you talking about? You know, it, I surprise most people when I tell them that I didn't have the self-confidence. I was operating under a thought virus because I left college in my, after two and a half years. And my mother had always said, you know, you're really, you're really not, going to really be successful without a college degree, so you should get it. And I can simply say that I actually have achieved the, the success that I was looking for because the success is multifaceted. It's not only financial prosperity, uh, it's uh, prosperity in, in every area of my life, love, my spiritual connection, um, my golf game is successful. I mean, it's just about everything. And um, mm-hmm. being a musician, and I'm always challenging myself to, to experience that moment of success by putting myself in situations where I must succeed, where I have to dig deep to, into every fiber of my being and knowledge and experiential, experiential wisdom to succeed. And it's a wonderful feeling when you do. And... I can say that the thought virus, which is exactly what my mother had kind of like supplanted in me, and probably the only one she ever has, um, because, and it's not necessarily her fault, it's how we take 
uh, how we interpret what's what's said to us and how we how much we invest in it. Uh, when I uh, was in my mid twenties, I was given an opportunity to basically be as successful as I wanted to be. It was all up to me, and I struggled with it for the first couple of years, for about three years. I mean, I really kind of like struggled with it. I had a sort of an, a minor inferiority complex against some of these other people that uh, people I was working with that had master's degrees, master's degrees and PhDs and other, you know, baccalaureates, you know, BAs and BSs um, and other forms of higher education. And uh, however, I had a lot of street smarts. I'd been in business, had a couple of businesses before. I was a very persuasive personality. I just needed to believe in me in order to move myself to uh, up, up to the various levels of evolution in, in that career space. And I, I got to tell you, it was a challenge until I figured out that I had, that the thought virus was what was holding me back. It was all me. It wasn't somebody else. And in our lives, we may not have figures people, partners, people we know, friends, someone we can go to that we respect that reflects positivity back at you. That is, it, it was something that, that, I, um, that I heard, and I can't tell you where in the last week, but I, I, was, I wrote it down. And the, the, the question was, who, who do you have in your life that actually reflects positivity back at you? Who do you have? And there are a lot of people out there who have no one, right? No one that can be serve as a as a who we can go to and and, and without judgment say, hey, I got this idea, I want to bounce this off of you, and they don't come back to us with their own personal misgivings and where their answer doesn't emanate from their own personal misgivings or their their previous failures or them not wanting us to fail, so they want to tell us, don't do that because I failed it or I know ten people that did. And because they did, you might as well. And, you know, there you go. There's the doubt. There's the question of, am I worthy of actually succeeding at this? And so I go back to the, the original thought virus that I had, at which I was able to blow through, and today have mountains of self-confidence when it comes to understanding what I'm capable of. And, and when I decide to do something new, jumping in with both feet, regardless, not thinking about, look, it's not about the end road. Success is not an, an, a destination. It is something that you experience on a daily basis on different levels. And 100%. it's not just the one thing, wealth, power, whatever, ego-based greed. It is, it is, you can be successful making a cup of coffee. If, mm -hmm. if you drink coffee or if you drink tea, you can make an incredible tea. If you give it enough effort, enough patience, you commit the patience, and you can make the perfect cup of tea for you. That's success. That is success. To some other people, it's getting out of the bed and putting both feet on the floor in the morning. I'm successful already because I'm, you know, I'm out of bed. I'm, I'm alive. I, you know, you have a low bar of success, which, is, which I think is always awesome because you can only get better. You know, you can only be more mm -hmm. successful throughout your day. And so worthiness, I know personally for me, was something I had to break through barriers to get to. And I feel incredibly worthy now, uh, of, regardless of what I do, and, and enjoy it, embrace it, and uh, understand that the journey of my own experiential wisdom was there. So 
it's it's interesting because I think that in my view doubts and uh, self confidence kind of go hand in hand. I don't know how you feel about that. However, in 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 my view, they go hand in hand. We when we feel confident about what we're doing, it can overpower any doubts. It can overpower fears, um, misgivings about the possibility of, of of succeeding at whatever it is. Um, I obviously come from a business background, kind of applying some spirituality to business, um, and I do that because um, there are more people who are who have that pragmatic state of mind rather than a, a spiritual state of mind. I've learned to adopt and to um, to uh, embrace my spiritual side and my spiritual connection. Um, and it's extremely important to me. It's not dogmatic in any way. It's very. It's a very pragmatic way of me uh, of my moving forward, and just trusting my angels and my guides, and and listening and remaining uh, situationally aware of what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. And as I talk a lot about self-talk, which is a uh, another facet of of building self-confidence and erasing doubts. Someone who's doubtful will likely have a doubtful inner conversation. Their self-talk will be very reflective of their doubts. I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I might fail. I, I, have, I have failed in the past. I don't know if I'm going, if I can succeed. You know, just that conversation, very doubtful in nature. And when we're aware of that, when we're alert to that conversation, we can stop it and we can mm-hmm. change it. We can transform it to aid us in being less doubtful and more self-confident. Um, so that's my take on this whole worthiness and doubt and thought thing. It gets a little bit deeper than that when it comes to how to uh, uh, dispel. Dispelling a thought virus is pretty simple. You, just, you basically become aware that you are operating under the guise of something someone once said to you, that you, someone you respected, that you loved, that you looked up to. Uh, and... Um, once you recognize, you get to the heart of what that is, it literally it does, it's, it evaporates much more easily because now you know that you've been operating under a lie. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, when it comes to worthiness or doubt, um, as, as in happiness and all the other wonderful joy, enthusiasm, um, we are born with maximum self-confidence and learn to be otherwise. Absolutely, based on our 100%. environment and our people. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what about you? What's your take on worthiness with regard to your? Own? You know what? You know, it's so interesting, Michael. When you speak, it takes me different places. And as you were sharing, what you know, first of all, I, it's so hard for me to imagine you not being confident and to have even something so, you know, so simple have held you back it just is amazing but it makes you human and I think Mm -hmm. you know as you were speaking I was thinking back to when you know this idea for me anyway of having to be perfect everything had to be perfect my printing had to be perfect you know these you know when I played a game you know out on the, the schoolyard if I didn't throw my rock on the hopscotch exactly where it needed to be I would really beat myself up because 
I was less, I was disappointing myself or I was feeling that I would disappoint other people. And then that made, when you were speaking, it made me think about like the gold stars that you receive and, and you know, it, it's meant as a reward system. But if your paper came back and everybody could see your paper and it didn't have that shiny gold star that the teacher put on your paper, you felt less than. And so, you know, you talk about where does it arise, you know, where, you know, things that are meant to encourage for children that don't meet that same achievement, it can really sort of make you feel less than. And one of the the women that I really admire is Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. And one of the things that I found so fascinating about her journey was that when she would come home to dinner, her dad would you know, they'd sit down and sort of talk about the day and he would ask the children, what did you fail at today? And she said that when he asked that question, he said, well, good for you. At least you tried. Get up, you know, try it again tomorrow. And what I found so fascinating about when, and this goes back to having a core group of people who will support you and believe in you, was she said when she was starting that company, she made the prototype, but she did not tell anybody what she was doing for one year because she was so afraid of the negative talk that would shoot down her idea. And she believed in something. She believed in herself. And I think sometimes that that's one of the things that you really need to do. If you have belief in your work and your creativity and you feel that it holds promise and value, it has value to you, period. It's your right. dream, and you right. need to follow that and do whatever it takes to really treat yourself well and believe in yourself and refuse to succumb to any words of negativity, anything that's not positive, so that you can follow your true path. You know, a Vibrant Living founder, Glenn Brooks, used to always say, you know, your life is precious. You know, your belief in yourself is precious. And and I think for whatever reason, you know, whether it be, you know, the, the, you wonder if maybe a hundred years ago people had to, you know, put up with this because they weren't seeing the perfection on TV or in social media or whatever else it was. Right. So that, you know, people had a better sense of of self-worth. You know, yeah, it it is. So as you were sharing, you know, uh, uh, your journey, it also made me think about a friend of mine who was is an amazing artist but when she was six years old and in school she was yelled at because she made her sky a different color other than blue and right. for years and years she would not pick up any paint she would not do art she would not she was so so scarred by that experience and it wasn't mm-hmm. until she left the united states and moved to japan and was living in a small little village just a tiny little village, only her and her partner, that she started picking up paint again. And she started creating, you know, rabbits that flew through the sky around the moon and just these whimsical mm-hmm. illustrations and started writing poetry and doing um, ceramics. And her and her partner became famous in Japan for the art that they did. And, you know, and you think about that. So how many years did she not allow herself that joy? 
Yeah. And and that, that and that that yeah that and and not a, seeing herself worthy enough of creating art or or her the art that she created having value. And you know when they would have a show in Japan, they would not have one piece of art that was not purchased. They sold out every show. And and you know that just goes to you know just as a, a small example. So I really appreciate you sharing. Um, you know, would you speak to the audience just a little bit more about how you overcame that thought virus and what type of self-talk that you found valuable to to sort of overcome that hurdle? Yeah, um, for for it's something I thought about this last week. Uh, and it's something that I uh, will uh, get to on my own, uh, on my other Life Moves podcast. And when I speak to people, I'll definitely put it from this direction because a lot of people are familiar with smartphones and things of that nature. Well, your smartphone, regardless of whether it's an i or an uh, iPhone or a, um, some other kind of a smartphone gadget, uh, does get upgrades. It does get up. It, it get up, gets uh, digital. Gets upgrades. It upgrades to its operating system. And we as human beings. Um, have to make it a point uh, consciously to upgrade our operating system. When we recognize mm-hmm. that we're not operating, we're not thinking the way we know we, we should be thinking, uh, we've got to ask ourselves what's getting in the way and eliminate that. Um, from a, uh, I wrote a book, I don't know, at least 15 years ago called uh, Design Your Life Using Self-Talk to Create Your Life One Day at a Time. And in that book, I put forth a, a process, a four-step process that allows you to, that, that you can follow uh, to um, upgrade your self-talk, you know, within your operating system. And because that re- it really is important. Um, the first thing we have to understand is that worthiness, doubt, uh, success, these are all perceptions that we embrace. And um, over the years, I have come to understand that the perception comes first, and then the inner conversation, the self-talk, the, the feelings we have, uh, and um, the uh, other thoughts, corresponding thoughts, and the actions or responses come after. They follow the lead dog, which is your perception. And mm-hmm. when you have a perception of, uh, that you're, of not, I'm not worthy, which is uh, I'm not worthy in itself is a piece of negative self-talk. And uh, when you say, I'm not worthy, what you have to do is you find yourself, you recognize you're saying this about yourself or you're thinking this about yourself. Um, I, I'm not worthy of success. I'm not worthy of prosperity. I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of whatever the heck it is. Um, you must recognize that that language is reinforcing. So you have to discover what you're saying, step one, about yourself. You've got to grab a journal and write down the thoughts about, that you're having about yourself. When you find out that you, when you say, oh, I said that, you write it down so you don't forget what you said. You can, you can go back and look at it and see all the things that you've been saying about yourself, and you can say, okay, is this positive? Am I, am I reinforcing um, the person I really want to be, or am I, am I limiting myself with this language? Uh, is it positive? Is it negative? Uh, does it support me? Does it, is it relevant to me in my life? And it's based on what my dreams and goals and intentions are. And you can say, if the answer is no, then you have to change it. So once you've discovered what the problem is, what the inner conversation is, and which, which I did, I discovered what my inner conversation was, 
It was that I wasn't worthy of success. I, I couldn't be as successful as these other people because they had degrees and I didn't. Yet mm-hmm. I was much more personable than them. I had other skills. And this is the other thing I discovered. I had other skills that people uh, around me didn't have that were failing at what I was doing, I was succeeding at. They had the, the book smarts. But what they didn't have was the relational capability. They didn't have the ability to develop relational connections very quickly. Um, I've been in sales since I was 15, and I'm 63 now. So my whole life has been kind of uh, in, that, in that vein. It's because I, am, I learned uh, when I took a personality, a couple of different personality tests and enneagrams. I am a persuasive personality. That's who I am. I, that's, that's part of me, and it's not a, it's not a, a slight on me. It doesn't mean I, I'm here to persuade people to do things that they don't want to do. It's basically something that I embrace as one of my most positive traits. I have the ability to influence people. And mm-hmm. I take that very seriously. And, with, uh, and, and um, it, it weighs heavy on me when I am communicating to people uh, through my podcasts, through my talks, books, whatever it is. I remember one thing. I'm here to be a positive role model. And, and influence you by my experiential wisdom, not because I, what I say I, I believe to be important, because it's only relevant if in your life it helps you in some way. You can take it, weave it into your life, and actually evolve or transform at a, at a faster rate, move to a higher level in your life consciously and in terms of your own awareness, your own spiritual connection. Because that's what it's all about. All the rest of the stuff, life is simply, I learned, an illusion. What I thought about myself um, at the time, I was not confident, was an illusion that I was living under. I shifted it by now understanding what my inner conversation was. And then now that I discovered it, it opened a whole new world. The awareness of it was half the, half the battle, half the, 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 the move forward in terms of an evolutionary shift for me mentally. And what I thought about myself was recognizing what I was, what was driving me. And I'd go home every night and I wonder, what is it? What is it that's making me feel this way? What is it? Why do I feel less worthy than these other people? I have done just, I'm just as successful as them. I had the capability of being just as successful. So that conversation that I was having myself was holding me back. So I changed it. I am successful. I am loved. I am Two most powerful words in the English language because they state who you are in the present moment of now, right? And now is the mm-hmm. only thing that's important because now is what um, creates the future. What you think today creates your tomorrow. So if you're doubtful today, you'll experience a doubtful uh, frequency and experience. Uh, you'll, you'll vibrate that, and it, it's what will resonate. And it'll that perception of of not being worthy will define how you interpret everything going forward. You'll be looking for validation of it, of your not being worthy. That's why it's important to uh, understand what you're thinking and what you're feeling constantly so that you can continue to reassess and, and uh, transform or transcend those feelings by, by examining them and say, this is what I really want to do. So I would say to myself every morning when I got up, I am successful. I am making this much money today. I am making this many connections today. I am making awesome. I'm meeting awesome people. 
that are that are that I'm helping to move forward, and at the same time, when I help them move forward, I'm helping myself move forward. This is all about giving. Mm-hmm. There has to be an element of giving. It's not just about money. This is the mistake in life that that we make that we tie success to money, and, it, and then everything else has no relevance and no value. Um, it, you know, money is only it is only a microcosm of of what should be driving you in your in your life in order to have that constant happiness and joy and feeling for life that I wake up every morning feeling when I get up at 6.30 and go to the barn to muck stalls. I'm practically singing, <laughs> dancing when I get out of the car. You know, to, we have a, I, I, back when my girlfriend turned 50, I put a, uh, I, I went up for her 50th birthday, I went up at about 11 o'clock at night. Um, I snuck. I wasn't living with her as I am now. I had my own place, so it was even easy for me to make an excuse. And um, I gotta go. I gotta get to bed early. Whatever. I I I went and bought her a sound system. I I bought her a couple of out outdoor Bose speakers with a a CD player and a radio combination. And I literally I went out there at eleven, and I was there at like two a.m. Uh, wiring the system and putting the speakers out in in the aisleway. And she came out the next day and discovered this, what? She could turn on and listen to her favorite radio station while she was mucking stalls and cleaning and dropping hay and all that. And I got to tell you something, 15 years later, that system is, is, is as viable and operational as it was the day that I installed it. <laughs> it's, it's just something That's we look awesome. forward to. We leave the car, we go in, we turn the same radio thing on. We turn it up loud. We have a good time. Sometimes we're dancing to some music in the stalls while we're cleaning. It's just, hey, you got to make life fun. You know, it's, Absolutely. It's, not having fun is, is a perception. It's based on perceptions you're having about what it is that you're doing. So uh, the, the self-talk and inner conversation that I uh, had, I, I consciously shifted and changed. I discovered it. I began defying it, which is a very, very, very important thing. You defy a negative inner conversation by continually being situationally aware of what you're saying what you're, about yourself in, in, in conversation with other people, the, the, what's going on in your head, and you design then third step new inner conversation, new self-talk that you write on a post-it note, put on your mirror, put on your car dashboard. You've got to say these wonderful things. I still to this day... 30 years later, say, I'm a beautiful, passionate, loving, giving, and compassionate man. I say that. I am these things. Oh, I, I'm the body, I embody these things. And, uh, and I love doing that. When I walk, when I'm in the car by myself, at least once a day, I say that. Sometimes it's in the morning. Sometimes it's in the afternoon. And I certainly say it after, if I find myself, uh, for some reason, slipping off you know, into some thought about something that, that, uh, that might be negative because we're all human and we have to accept the fact that we're not perfect. You, you mentioned perfection uh, earlier. Perfection mm-hmm. is a moving target that you never hit. Absolutely. You never hit it. And, and, and this, is, this is the issue. You were, you, were, you were needing to be perfect. Now, I will say this. We're alike in one way. We're a little ADD from that perspective, right? We have to have that, mm-hmm. that this, this thing needs to be square. <laughs> you know, I find myself, I'll be looking at something going, that thing's crooked, and I have to straighten it, right? So that's a little quirky thing that I have, and now I know that you have it too. You yeah, have to yeah have, I understand. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, you, you, ironically you to, though, 
Yeah, I'm laid back. I'm really laid back. Like some people are like, could you be any more laid back? Like you would be dead. Like that. And, but exactly. there are certain things that I like to have in, in order for me to feel good. <laughs> and I've recognized exactly. that. I like my mm-hmm. towels to be folded and, and, you know, in alignment in my linen closet. You know, my, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Little oh, yeah. things like that. But, you know, chaos is the nature of the universe, and I'm a creative being, and I allow sometimes not everything flows exactly the way that I expect it to. But it all works out. It all always, you know. I don't color coordinate my clothes in my closet, but I can understand what you're saying. I I do that. And and what's interesting about um, people like us is that we we, we straddle this little line, sort of the yin and yang thing between – not having things be symmetrical and, and giving up that they are not. And then when we have control and the ability to change it, we make it symmetrical. And mm-hmm. I'm a laid-back person as well. I can sit, I can sit down and watch a, a, a two-hour, a 90-minute two soccer game uh, and never, you know, never leave the couch. I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. Or sit around and watch golf. Or sit in the backyard and watch the golfers go by um, with a glass of wine. I can do that. I don't have to be writing or creating something all the time. And we have to segment our lives to be able to do that. Somebody mm-hmm. 30 years ago, 35 years ago, I forgot who it was, um, might have been Tony Robbins. Uh, I took one of, the, one of these uh, workshops with him, and he was talking about the wheel of life and that you can't have a flat side of the wheel. Uh, if you're always focused Very on true. making money, mm-hmm. but there's, there's no spiritual connection, there's no balance in your life, there's no balance in home life, then you've got a flat wheel, you've got a flat tire. And you have to, in order to move, you've got to work on all these segments and keep them all operating smoothly. Otherwise, you're going to feel deficient in some way, and it will eventually show up. It may not show up in the first year, the second year, or the third year, but it will show up. And people who spend all their time working and foregoing their home life, if they have a partner or a significant other, and they're not coming home and uh, if they're not dedicating too much time to work uh, to be successful or to make a lot of money and they're deficient in their spiritual life or their home life uh, or the balance with their children, uh, the connection there, uh, something will suffer eventually. And in relationships, it's important to, to segment time to dedicate to making sure that you're living a, a full, balanced life, which is why generally I don't work after five. At 5 o'clock, mm-hmm. I go down to make dinner, and I'm with my girlfriend the rest of the evening. We figure out what we're going to do, uh, play dominoes or watch a movie or whatever it is, spend time together. My, I'm actually consciously there. I'm not on my phone. I'm not doing social media. I'm not sitting next to her, you know, designing a journal. <laughs> I have done that mm-hmm. already. I've quit that, and now I'm doing something else. And um, so it is perfection wow, if I could say that, that um, you can be perfect in a moment and then that moment's gone and the next moment holds something completely different. I, I'll tell you what I do, though, because for 38 years in the business that I've been in, in the, in the career path, there is no ending. There's no end point. Mm-hmm. I simply come in the next day and I pick up where I left off. And so... I balance, I create balance in my life through chores and other things, working in the garden, uh, cleaning windows, 
cleaning gutters. There's an end point to washing windows. You can stand back mm-hmm. and, hmm, that is so pretty. The glass is so clear. Sun shining through looks so great. You know, you can actually relish the work that you've done. When you plant a plant in a, in a, in a, in a garden, you can you see it grow. You, can, you know you've planted it, and that's the chore. Now you get to sit back and reap the rewards of seeing it blossom. Um, same thing when I, when I go to do all the work at the barn. If I'm sitting on a zero-turn mower for two hours and a half, I can look back and, at the, the, the grasses, and I can see how beautiful it looks. Put the mower away, and I'll have to do it again for a couple more weeks. Um, there is, we, we have to have those things in our life that bring us that, that uh, satisfaction, that feeling of satisfaction of, of, of doing something and completing something. Uh, and uh, I do it with every one of my journals. I love doing it. And then all of a sudden I love, uh, you know, it's like your baby you've birthed, and now it's out there and it's published. And writing a book, same thing. Um, people who help people uh, in one way or another, same, same situation. You, you, we have to release our attachment to, to other people actually doing what we suggest and recommend. Um, I can't make anybody do anything. I have to release my attachment to uh, to any kind of um, acquiescence to acquiescing to what it, what it is that I'm putting out there. It's there. If they're, made, if they're aware of it, then they can weave it into their life on their own terms or not. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Um, when, you, when we try to control people, that's when we get into issues. Um, mm-hmm. And somebody, somebody told me, uh, Vimla, Vimla Rogers, a uh, best-selling author, Hay House author, who wrote Change Your Hide and Writing, Change Your Life, and uh, which in another book, when you, um, when you change your handwriting, you change your life. Change your handwriting, change your life, and the other way around. Um, two great books. She developed her own little font. And uh, every letter in the alphabet has a, uh, has a trait, uh, spiritual... Um, life mission behind it. And M, I just had lunch with her for the first time in 22 years. Uh, I went back to Sacramento and purposely went up an hour into the mountains where she was living with her daughter, who's a natural uh, healer. And uh, we had lunch, and she said, Mike, let me remind you. Michael, let me remind you. M is about control. Your mission in life is to give up control. Yeah, and let it flow. And I said, yeah, yeah, I've been, I, yeah, ever since I read your book, I've been working on that one. <laughs> you know, we, because we've been talking about having her on. I'd love to hear what L is. We are. And, uh, we are. Yeah. Within the next two weeks, yeah. I'm telling you, I won't be next week, but it'll be the week after. We will have, we'll, we'll make sure, I'll make sure that we get her, get her hooked up because she's a brilliant soul. That would be amazing. Um, P, yeah, PhD in English, PhD in math, brilliant woman. Uh, teaches people all over the world uh, her handwriting uh, font, me included, when I first had a, uh, a, uh, a two-hour session with her um, back in, oh my gosh, it was 98, 99. Uh, the first thing I did was I changed my signature to her font. Oh, yeah. Wow. Made a huge difference because... I look at that, I, every once in a while I come across a, a, a book or something I, 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 I signed uh, from back then, and I look at the signature, and I cannot for the life of me duplicate it. Isn't that interesting? There's no way I can duplicate it. And, it, and if I try, mentally it makes me feel like somebody else. 
And that's, wow. that's what's interesting. When you start noticing how just forming a letter a different way and then going back, and I'll tell you the easiest one. I'll tell you the easiest one to do. Uh, cross every T at the top. Okay. Never cross a T halfway down. Every T. There is no lower T. Everything is at the top, from low to high. And crossing a T at the top instills success. And if you do it enough, if you do it enough, and and basically, I come to find out, I think that uh, Ben Franklin crossed his T's at the top, and there are several other people as well um, from several hundred years ago that used to do that. Um, It's interesting because right now today, I feel I have to cross every T at top. It's it's just it's what I do. It's become ingrained in mm-hmm. in my handwriting. And if I miss it because I've been, you know, distracted for a moment while I was writing something, somebody asked me something I miss. I have to go back and cross it at the top. I feel. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not laughing kidding. with you out of love. But I'm just smiling. <laughs> it's, I know, no, I believe me, I know. But I'm, I'm curious as to how many of our listeners, after listening to this, will be cognizant. I'm sure many people, many more people, will be crossing their T's towards, towards the top. And why not? Well, there's a certain. If it makes, if it's something you, so simple, why not? It, it right? how your handwriting is connected to your feelings and your thought process is so amazing. You wouldn't believe it. You would not believe it. And and when I when I one of the things that did help me, I'm 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 solidly um, understanding that this is one of the one of the building blocks of, of helping me be successful even today and creative. Um, that your 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 handwriting uh, is directly connected to your right and left side of the brain. Your mm-hmm. uh, your non dominant hand when you write with your non-dominant hand, something I did for several years, which she encouraged you to do, write her handwriting style uh, in your, with your non-dominant hand, and you can do it, uh, yes. it, it ignites the creative centers of your brain, the creative side of your brain. That's what you're doing. Is, is when, you're, when you do everything with your non-dominant hand, you do whatever it is. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll muck stalls right-handed, then I'll turn around and do it left, half as much left-handed. Um, and I'll swing a golf club, right-handed, left-handed. Um, we, we, our dominant hand tends to be the, you know, the, uh, uh, the rote side of our, um, you know, uh, thought process. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting stuff, and we'll have her on. It is. Uh, Very I'm, much I'm, so. par- I'm paraphrasing everything here because, uh, because there's a lot more to it. It's, it's really deep, yeah. and she's really a warm, wonderful, sweet soul. Uh, who is uh, who is so enlightened? It's it's amazing. Um, but I got to tell you, we if we could just learn one thing, this is one of the things that that can help us with our our doubts and our feelings of worthiness. If we could just remember um, a, sort of a, a paraphrase of a little twist, Terry Cole Whitaker's book, uh, "What You Think of Me Is None of My Business." What you think of my idea? What you think of what? I am dreaming about is none of your business. It really is. It isn't mm-hmm. anybody's business but your own. And right. I love the fact that uh, the, the, the young lady whose name isn't coming to me right now because it's on the top of my Sarah head we talked Blakely. about earlier. Yeah, yes, Sarah, Sarah Blakely. Blakely. 
Yeah, Blakely, um, who created the – she did some very interesting things, by the way, with, with regard to getting her business off the ground, which were just 100%. so outlandishly mm-hmm. <laughs> phenomenal. Brilliant. She and, was absolutely brilliant. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, a lot of times, you know, I was – when you have somebody in your life who is um, – I, I call them a positivity wall. I, I guess that's the best thing. It's like when you're taking – a tennis ball and bouncing it off a wall, um, the the energy you put into it is the energy that you get out of it. It's reflected off the wall. And so when you have somebody in your life who's like a positivity wall, you can bounce an idea or something, an intention, a goal, a dream off of them, and it'll come back as positively and as energetically as you gave it to them. That's mm-hmm. the best way to put it, without judgment, without uh, any of their personal input. I have five mm-hmm. people like this in my life, five. I count you as among among them. Oh, by the way. thank you. I'm honored. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I have five. I have five people. I can I can just call and and say, hey, um, got this idea, and I'm going to run it by you because it, it has a lot of it has a lot of energy through me. I, I feel very energized by it, and I get what what's called golden feedback, um, and that golden feedback is basically how they would use it themselves. How how it would enhance their life. That's, what, that's the way they're thinking. Not, oh, I don't know if that's going to work or this happened, why don't you do that? And sometimes their feedback involves, well, yeah. I sent out, I sent out uh, for my Angel Life design, I sent out uh, the, the logo to, um, I sent out various fonts and logos to a couple of people. And mm-hmm. I got back what, you know, I got their input. Doesn't mean I'm going to use it, but I got their input, and I right. knew I I knew that I wanted to use Vimala's font. I wanted to know what they thought about Vimala's font for the words "angel life" because those her font embodies all of the things that an angel embodies. You know, joy, love, enlightenment, uh, compassion, kindness, empathy, everything. And so I wanted to use it. So I created that angel life brand uh, that I'm expanding. I'll be expanding upon here in the next in this next year. Um, however. Uh, it, it's wonderful, and he, I even ran it by Vimala herself. <laughs> and she only had one thing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. She, she says, "Oh, I love it," because she's she has a tattoo of my angel on the on her, on her back of her neck. Oh, sweet! That's so sweet. She, and it's it's about three inches high. She showed it to wow. my mother and I. Yeah, she said, "Michael, can I put that tattoo?" And she's like she's like seventy seven, and she did That's it twenty awesome. years ago. And she's really beautiful. And I said, I said, absolutely. Here, I'll be, I'll send you the design, but you're the only one that can do it. And they have to destroy the design after I do it with you. And she says, okay. And it's so beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous uh, on on bet. her. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a tattoo person, but I mean, she's got it in the right, right, right spot, and she loves it. You know, I said, oh, it doesn't matter what you do with it. Um, so right. our own to 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 kind of bring this back to home base. There, there are many things that go into feeling worthy, feeling self-confident, feeling confident about yourself and what you're doing. And if I could, again, kind of reiterate the, the simplicity of how you can uh, move forward because you don't want something to be so complicated that you, you say, how do, I, how do I get beyond this? And it's always about perception. It's always about mm-hmm. being alert to the negative perceptions you have about yourself and your life, and um, making sure that 
you change those negative perceptions, you transform them into something positive. Choose the positive counterpart. Even if you don't feel it right now, that's not the point. The point is your perceptions drive everything else. So mm-hmm. if you change the perception, you work on that, put your lion's share of your work into changing the perception from negative to positive, the rest will fall in line. Everything else will fall in line with it. It's a lot easier. Snowball rolling downhill, right. so to speak, will keep gathering its, gathering in its size. Um, so that's, that's what I impart to people who have a negative perception of themselves, what their dream is, because somebody, you know, uh, dumped on it in some way or threw, threw cold water on it. Uh, mm-hmm. it. It is some of the most amazing things. I, I'm going to say this about Ms. Blakely. She actually went to Nordstrom, Nordstrom in Seattle, before she had, uh, she had some of her Spanx made. She had some, some packaging made. And she actually went into the Nordstrom store to the lingerie department and, and put her product on a rack. She, came, she moved in like, like she, was, she went into the department as if she had had the order and she was there to set things up. And she set up a rack. She brought it all in, set up one rack with all her packaging and her spanks and stuff. And they were selling out like crazy. <laughs> and that's how she – I mean, you think about this for a second. Nobody placed an order. So first she would go, oh, I, 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 you know, I've got this great stuff and it will sell well. She, didn't, she bypassed, circumvented someone who would poo-poo her idea in the store, the buyer. Of course, of course they're not going to poo-poo the idea. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't want to be detrimental towards men, but the buyer was probably a man, right? I don't understand <laughs> this whole thing. Right. How, how many times in a position of power do you, the women coming across a man who poo-poos the idea because they can't put themselves in, in someone else's shoes, uh, the shoes of a woman doing whatever? And, and, and it was interesting because that's what got her started. They realized she could say, hey, look, I know I shouldn't have been here with this product, but it, everybody's gathering around these things. She went and got the manager, uh, got the store manager, and said, look, look what's happening here. He goes, what's happening? Who, who put this here? I'm telling you what I have will do. You could do really well with this product. Look at all the people, the women who are standing around watching this, looking at it, taking them off, touching them, feeling them. You know, they want to buy them. And mm-hmm. oh yeah. She happened to be in the right store because the buyer was operating out of that store because that's where they came out of Seattle. <laughs> I'm sure she did her market research, you know. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. But she used I, some it's, wisdom. It's, yeah. It's about thinking out of the box, which is, is, I think, so important when we think about worthiness or success because it really is within the grasp of each of us. And when you do something that you love, it shows. It makes you happy, Absolutely. and it, it literally, you know, she had this idea, and as she started to develop it, you know, it really, um, it took off because of her belief in, in what she had. She didn't allow any negativity from anybody to hold her back. She knew right. in, her, in her heart that that was going to be a success. And it was interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, you put – uh, I think one of the things that I admired her about her as well, you know, you say, you, you know, you can't put a price on success, but she was very firm. She, you know, she had a, a chance to go on one of the home shopping networks and they yeah, typically yeah. want you to discount your price. And she said, no, 
I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something that was important to her. She wasn't going to compromise. And, you know, she had to stay true to, to what her beliefs were and honor all that she put into it. And I think that's part of her worthiness. You know, she determined that, you know, really um, that was important. And, you know, she was going to stick to her ground. And guess what? They there was such a demand for her product that they had to succumb to what she wanted to, to, to be paid for the product. And I think that, you know, that's a very good lesson. You know, sometimes we get into that um, mindset that we have to give something away for free or that, you know, we, you know, well, there, if I taught a class, you know, I'm not worthy of being paid. I can give the class away for 50% up and bring enough people in. And, and rather than saying, no, you know what, my time is valuable. I've researched this. I've put these materials together. I have the knowledge and, you know, I need to be paid for it and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to charge, I'm going to have a small class. I'm going to charge everybody $2,000. I'm only going to accept five people, but I'm going to be my best. I'm going to show up for them. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to have everything together because, you know, you have a responsibility at that point. And so, you, you know, you become focused, you become driven, you know, whatever it is. But again, as you said, you need to find the time to say, okay, you know, I'm done with my day. My measure of success is that I can end my day at five, I can have a nice dinner, I can relax, I can enjoy a nice glass of wine, and I can appreciate and savor all that I've worked for. And then go to, go to sleep, wake up the next morning, and, and do it all again. And yeah, you know, I think that that is you know really um, you know you sort of uh, you know savor your accomplishments. You know you you pat yourself on the back for a job well done, and if there's a failure, you embrace the opportunity to do better the next day. And that's really what it is. And I I actually said that to somebody yesterday. You know I'm doing the best that I can, and that's all I can give you is my best. And if I know it's my best, Mm -hmm. then that's, that's all I can do. And, and, you know, one of the things that you said, Michael, previously, and it really, because I always loved Wayne Dyer, he was like a a rock star to me. I just, I loved listening to his Mm -hmm. power of intention and how he set his mind, you know, to, to stand forth and really to be a better person. And, you know, one of the things he used to always say was, you'll see it when you believe it. And I think, worthiness, believing that you're worthy, you will see it reflected in the eyes of all those you meet. And, uh, right. yeah. Yeah. The, 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 as Blakely's energy, we have to tie this to something else we've talked about a couple of episodes, which is ago, which is frequency. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A lacking worthiness and, um, doubt, doubt operates at a low frequency and uh-huh. it's a contracting mm-hmm. frequency. It's one of the lower frequencies that, like uh, you know, frustration, fear, and it falls into the category of, of fear in my view. Um, and um, as, 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 as operationally deficient as, as those frequencies are, what we really want is to be operating at the higher frequencies that we were born with, which is the love, joy, compassion, um, happiness, kindness, and uh, empathy. Those um, and, and more, many more positive um, emotions and feelings. Those are what we want to be experiencing. Uh, and in my view, a successful uh, mindset is, is a very high frequency. Success is something that is tied to self-confidence, which is a, a higher operating frequency. 
And so when we can, um, one of the one of the the the, the beauties of in terms of transformation I know personally that I had was that I went from the lower frequencies to the higher frequencies. And I started, uh, I, and I didn't, and i got to tell you this, it's not so much like flipping a switch as it is a journey that takes as long as it takes to occur. Mm-hmm. And for everyone, that's different. And for me, I, uh, there was something there was something that uh, somebody said back at the time. The business they said, fake it till you feel it. You don't feel great? Fake being feeling great until you feel great. And it's right. true. You have, to, you have to do that. You have, if you're not feeling up to it, you have to fake feeling up to it. And that fake, that fake that we're talking about is not necessarily fake. It's actually imagining. It's, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's, it's bringing your imagination of feeling, uh, of, of feeling up to it to life. And uh, less fake, more, hey, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to be this today. I'm going to be um, a, 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 a success today. And then and that vibration, that frequency, if you resonate it enough, you become it. And mm-hmm. it, you, if, you, if you pay attention to what that feeling begets, then there you go. You're, you're going to start attracting good things to you. Some people call it luck. I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe in coincidences. Luck is a product of, um, of your journey. It's just something, it's, 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 it's not an accident or a coincidence or luck. It's just something that you attract to you, something that you manifest based on having the mindset of manifestation and operating under that uh, imaginary concept. You, your mm-hmm. imagination is one of the most powerful tools you have. If you sit down and imagine yourself being successful at whatever it is, you have to incorporate that into whatever it is. I imagine that my journals will sell millions all over the world. Whether they do or not isn't important. I'm claiming that for it, you. <laughs> yes, thank you. It's not up to me. You know, it's not up to mm-hmm. me. It, what, what is up to me is what I can control. I can't control who buys them. I can only control how I feel about when I make them and how I – feel when I put them out there and what I put into them, the love, the, 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 um, the empathy and compassion that I put into them, the state of being that I put into them, the attitude that I have when I create them. Uh, and, and that's, you know, divinely channeled through me to, to say, hey, do it this way, do it that way, fine. Um, and then it gets published and I have no, I, no way of even being in control of what somebody thinks about it when they see it. Uh, or when they order it and they get it in their hand. I, I, I release my attachment to how they feel about it. That's something they create that they're manifesting is, is that feeling. And so my success lies in uh, taking it from the journey of nothing to something, and then I put it out there so that other people can enjoy it however and interpret it however they choose. Um, I'm not here to control that. And uh, by the way, when it comes to, I have to say this because I don't know how much time we have left. However, we're coming. To, the, yeah, we're, we're getting towards the end, but I absolutely okay. want to hear it. I can't wait. <laughs> social media, social media is really strong out there right now, and people are um, a lot of young people uh, and older people are getting, you know, kind of ensnared in this whole illusion of uh, of importance and of ego and and all of that, and. Social media is, if we, if we look at it, it was created by some people in order to 
for whatever purposes, it, 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 it has to make money. So the, the social media is not something that's been gifted to everyone. It is there for a reason, to create data, to create um, a, a stream of income through advertisements, to, and your data is sold. It, it's, it's like you, you, what you feel when you put your picture on and, and, and you put it out there for likes, that's the illusion. You don't know these people. They don't know you. And what I always focus on are the people that know me. And, and, and I seek to have those handful of people in my life that, who enrich my life by just knowing them. And mm-hmm. I seek to enrich theirs. That's real. That is real connection. As uh, <laughs> Glenn used to say, real relational connection is face-to-face. Or it's mm-hmm. voice to voice. It's not this illusionary thing. And I, I, I remember that as much as possible when I'm engaging with social media, which is, I don't know, the necessary evil for anyone out there who wants other people to expose good things to other people. And uh, again, I release my attachment to what happens once I put goodness out there. But as I tell people, as long as you do what you do in that medium with love, compassion, empathy, and kindness, that's what will radiate from it. And mm-hmm. you can only be of service to, to one person or a thousand or a million people or 10 million people. And that's what you want to put out there, not the negativity. Unfortunately, we live in a world where negativity uh, has, uh, builds greater ground, gains greater ground than, than, than positivity. And that's for another day. But that's right. what I wanted yeah. to say about that is that, yeah, we have to uh, it, it, it's, it's a medium of entertainment and you just have to see it that way and it's not, it's not real. It doesn't mean that you're right. not worthy if you don't get the likes right. or anybody who pays attention. One person yeah. is likely um, benefited from what you've put out there and you must take uh, solace with that. Okay? Absolutely. And, and we're so grateful to each and every listener uh, that joins us here on Connect to Love on PRNFM and we encourage you to know that you know we're here and we celebrate your every success. We see the uh, infinite possibilities that lie before you. You know your life is a wonderful journey of discovery. So make up your mind to take it as far as you can. You know, just embrace yourself with all the confidence. Open your eyes and your heart and your mind, and know that you can do it. Your dreams are just uh, uh, just a little ways away and you are worthy and you are a success in in our eyes and in our hearts and Michael if there's anything else you'd like to add before we sign off um, I'll just turn it over to you I'll just simply say this I'll give a little shameless plug if you really want enjoyed what you heard today or any of our episodes please uh, as listeners if you want to share it with someone all you have to do is go to connect to the number two love on your podcast distribution service Apple Google Spotify, whatever. Connect the number two, love. Connect to love. And uh, you can share this episode and all the other episodes with people that you know. It's important that people have the enlightenment that they are really seeking in this world today. Everybody's looking for a way to move forward and, and looking for positivity. And this is an episode, these, this radio show, in my, in my view, because of you, Lisa, uh, does radiate that positivity. So thank you. Thank oh, you. I'm just here. Yeah, yeah looking that. forward to, to next week. <laughs> Me too. Can't, can't wait. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye now. Thank you.
Bye-bye.